0: The financial markets are made up of bulls and bears, but when you listen to most trading gurus, it seems to be all bull. Who to trust? The one who puts a fire under your butt with candlestick flames? Or the one who says you should trade Fibonacci, but you still find yourself losing money 61.8% of the time? It's time to go straight to the source and get the truth about what's working in the markets today with your host, the founder of Top Dog Trading, Barry Burns. Today, I am very excited to have Etienne Crept as my guest. We are excited to have him. He actually hosts his own podcast called "Desire to Trade Podcast." And I had the privilege of being on his podcast to be interviewed as a guest and really enjoyed it. And he was a gracious host and I learned a lot about him that he's not only an interviewer, but he's also a trader himself. He's a fork swing trader with a passion for travel. And I love that. I've done a lot of traveling myself and like the fact that he has a purpose beyond just making pieces of paper with his trading and that he turns that into a lifestyle. And he also helps aspiring forex traders to develop a trading method that works for them so that they can also produce income and allow them to live with more freedom just like he does. So, Etienne, welcome to the podcast and thank you, my friend, for being here. Thank you very much for having me here. It's a pleasure. I'm super excited for this one. Now, as you can tell, Etienne has a very sexy French accent and I have not been able to exactly pronounce his name correctly. We have tried it a few times. You need to jump. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'm getting close, but I, I do have to apologize that I'm not perfectly there because I've never studied French. I've studied Spanish and most of all, I studied German and you know, it's funny. French is. The most romantic language in the world, and and German has to probably be the most unromantic. When you tell your your girlfriend or your wife that you love her, you say "Ich liebe dich." Well, that doesn't really make her swoon, you know. (laughs) Just (laughs) so sorry for all our German friends out there, but yeah, that doesn't do it. (laughs) How do you say "I love you" in French? That's got to be sexy. Je t'aime. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm not (laughs) kidding, but I'm getting excited. All right. (laughs) Okay, my friend. Well, as you can tell, we like to have fun on this podcast, not take ourselves too seriously and keep things light. So uh, let's jump right into some trading questions. Let's actually talk about some trading. What a novel um question. proposition here. So uh, again, at the end, I'm really excited to have you here because you have been on both sides. You've interviewed so many traders and you yourself are a trader. So, well, let's begin with the beginning. How did you get started in trading, my friend?
1: Well, that's that's kind of an interesting story. It's been already about four years of starting to trade. And I was basically in university at that time. So I just had this kind kind of passion for the market and finance. And I thought about maybe trying out in trading, just seeing what it looks like. So I kind of searched a little bit to do it, try to find like how things work, try to find the, the first thing I went into was kind of investing. So trying to find how to buy stocks, keep them for a long time. That didn't really work out well for me. And I wanted something more exciting. So I went to different routes, different stock trading and all that stuff. And then I came across Forex. My goal at that time was basically to kind of prove other people that I could do it. So I went to Forex. Open an account and not so much time and just start to trade there. So that's pretty much how I started kind of a passion first. And then it turned out to be uh, something I want to
0: do more and more and more. So get that it. Well, that's great. Yes. Starting with it as a passion is definitely the way to start and not do it just purely for money, which we'll get into that. Cause I know you don't do it purely for money even now. So did you find success immediately or how long did it? Take for you to start becoming successful.
1: Of course, not, of course, that that was a different start. So, the first two years of trading have been pretty much doing anything, so going back and forth, trying different things, failing at everything. And so, it took about two years and a half for me to start to see some progress and start to take things seriously. So, one of the big differences between the beginning and past two years was that was the idea that I took things seriously after two years and I started to really understand what this was about. And kind of surrounding myself with more traders over time, and that's really what helped me the
0: most. Excellent. Yeah, I think that's a common story among most traders, and I like to tell people that right up front when you're starting out in this business, because it is a business. That this is not a get rich quick game or scam yeah. or scheme. So if you got a get rich a get rich quick mentality, um, get rid of the mentality or or. Try something else. Actually, don't even try anything else because there's no such thing as get rich quick anywhere.
1: Yeah, but we we can all argue that like the first time we got into trading and even for myself, the basic goal was money. The basic goal was becoming rich fast. That was like the easiest way for me to become rich quickly. But I figured out over time that it couldn't work and that I had to kind of remove my, my expectation also at the same time.
0: Hmm. Yes. Expectation. I like that word. It's uh, important. And this is where it becomes valuable for people to hear from you so that they develop proper expectations from the beginning. Do you think, no, that's actually an interesting question now that I'm thinking about it. So do you think it's helpful for a brand new person coming into Forex Trading to have realistic expectations? Or is there maybe some advantage of having a little bit of the pie-in-the-sky imagination to get them excited and keep them motivated? How do those two kind of play against each other?
1: Well, That's a bit tricky, but what I tell people most of the time is that they have to kill their expectations, so coming in trading with no expectation. Of mm-hmm. course, some people are going to have, like, they're going to expect some things, And but very often, very rarely do we see traders who have, like, correct expectation, They have too big of expectation. Like, they want to make a million by the end of the year or a million by the end of next week. But... <laughs> I think if you come into trading with the idea of having no expectation, so the only thing you care about is like your process and really getting addicted to your process and how you do things and how you improve over time, you're, you're I think, putting the odds in your favor, right? Because then you focus on the process and you can establish process goal and try to become better with that process. And of course, like over time, the the, the money comes, the return comes when you're on your process and you you are consistent with that.
0: Hmm. Excellent. I love that. I agree with that 1,000%. So let's talk a little bit about your trading now. So I know you're a Forex trader. Um, how would you characterize your trading? What markets do you trade? What time intervals? Um, things like that.
1: I trade, yeah, Forex. This is the only market I got involved in uh, since the beginning. And it's, it's something I, I've started to focus on mostly. So I trade about uh, 15 pairs that I've follow on a a daily basis of course I don't take so I'm going to go trade all of them at the same day or same time but I just scroll through them and I'm kind of a swing trader on multiple time frames so I'm going to look let's say at the daily chart to identify some zones I'll trade these zones on like the forward chart and the one-hour chart when I'm at home when I travel it's a little bit different because I want to have some time to explore and go outside and not trade all day so I might take only trades on the forward chart and the daily chart
0: hmm Oh, interesting. And then what do you use for making decisions? Do you use indicators, price patterns, uh, support, resistance? What type of um, tools do you use in making your trading, um, in your trading methodology? How would you characterize that? So I have this, uh, this
1: tr- kind of trading process that I developed over time. It's kind of basically four, or five steps. And that's what I'm doing all the time on anything I'm trading. And it basically goes with identifying, first of all, the market zones. So I try to look at, there's, there's a book by Stein Weinstein. Where he talks about kind of the market phase and the zones in the market, like going in, uh, in, uh, in rise and decline, in uh, consolidation, foundation, as so well. Try to look at that, then identify some support and resistance areas that I want to trade. I'm more going to be like a reversal trader, so I'll look at these zones to trade, and from there I'll look at some setup. So for me, my favorite setup is with the Bonjour band. I'll look at that at those zones that I've identified. That I, that I've identified.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So you use Bollinger Bands, support resistance levels. Any mm-hmm. other indicators or are you more pretty just much the on-
1: at- Pretty much the only one. And I do look at candlestick yeah. pattern as well.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Excellent. So it sounds like actually your approach to trading or methodology from a technical point of view, technical analysis at least, is fairly simple. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, that's interesting to me because I have found, well, in my own story and others that I don't know what your whole process was. My process was I started thinking, well, like you said, that trading was going to be real simple and real easy. And I underestimated the challenge, especially psychologically. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you. Start exploring, right? And you start looking for all kinds of things. You try everything and make things really complicated. And you think the more stuff you add to your chart, the more indicators, whatever, um, the more probability, the higher probability that you'll have when you add more confirmation. But then you find out, oh my gosh, this is way too complicated. Now I've got information overload. I'm all confused, <laughs> and I find that most traders who do become successful end up coming full circle back to simplicity. Yeah, and yeah. Have you kind of seen that same arc?
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I remember the time where I had like 30, 40 lines on my chart of like support resistance areas I want to trade and stuff like that. And that was just mm-hmm. not possible. I also remember right. the time where I had like four or five different charts open on my computer. And that was also mm-hmm. too much stuff, too, too much uh, trouble. And I'll always be reminded of this uh, saying, which is the best trading strategies are the one you can write on a napkin. And I think that's that's true, even today. Even today, like everything I trade, I could write it on a post-it note and give it to you and you could understand probably
0: how it works. Wow. Wow. I like that. Send me that post-it note. I want like <laughs> that. <laughs> but yeah, that's awesome. I love that. I know when I went to Chicago, Chicago Mercantile Exchange too. At that point in my career, my trading was really complicated. And I went there and these guys were, well, at that point, they were making like a million dollars a year or more. And I was humbled because their trading methods were just so almost brain dead simple that I was, you know, I was going to show them my complicated method and I decided not to because I was like, okay, they're making way more money than I am. And, um, so my stuff's not as, um, you know, intellectual and genius as I thought it was. It might have been intellectual, but it wasn't as profitable. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, okay, I'm making this way too complicated. So that's, that's really cool. Now tell us about a low point in your trading career.
1: Well, there's been not only one low point. I think there's been, there's been multiple of them. There's, there's been a few low points where the only thing I did was to kind of experience pain and stay there and don't do anything afterward. There's been times where I kind of, experience pain, but then did something different. So I kind of want to share both. Uh, I think I'll start with the one where I didn't change anything. So I, I had been trading for maybe a year at the time. I was kind of just trying these different strategies with, uh, I think, Engulfing Candles at that time. And one of the setup I saw at this time, I was like trading on my iPad, like the little iPad, and I was placing trades on that. Bad idea. But I was... I think I saw a trade at that time on the S&P 500. So whenever you trade Forex, you have access to the S&P or like a different thing like that. So I put a trade on the S&P and that was, of course, a trade with a bigger stop loss because the point of the S&P are a little bit bigger. So I didn't realize really how much money I was putting in the trade. Like what, my, what, was, what was my risk that time? And I took these trades. I think the trade, well, I did have a stop loss, I think. Price went back quickly near the stop loss and I decided to cancel the stop loss. I was like 100% sure that this trade would be a profitable trade and that it would go in the right direction because I had to set up like everything was perfect. And so I took, I think a second trade in the same direction and then a third trade. And then I got this uh, margin call on my account. So mm-hmm. I think they like the broker tells you before the margin call that like they send you an email. They say, okay, you close your position or you will have to close you to close them for you. So right. I didn't do anything because I was. I got 100% sure that that trade will be fine. So I I just leave it as is. And a few days later, my position were all closed. I think I lost maybe 25% of my account in that single trade. Wow.
0: That was a low point. (laughs) Ouch. Yeah, Yeah. that's a low point.
1: And the the problem with that low point is that I didn't do anything after, like anything different. So I kept trying strategies, kept trying different things. And I didn't really change anything after that. It's kind of unfortunate, but we often say that we we learn best from your failures. But in that case, I didn't really learn anything. That was just a
0: bad moment. Oh, interesting! Wow. Okay, tell us about the other one.
1: Yeah, so this is not really trading related, but I decided to do a student exchange in uh, in in Hong Kong. So I went to travel in Hong Kong for six months, and I had been trading maybe for two years at the time. And I remember like going. Th- because so so what I did is I was trying to uh, learn about different companies there and like how things work and import export. So I went to different fairs, different like visiting different factories, and I started to visit those factories. I can really remember like the day in uh, Dongguan. I was stepping out of a factory with a bunch of people who were showing me the factory and how things work there. I was just going outside the factory, and you you could see the sky like really really dark, like like almost gray. You could you couldn't see anything outside, and. The thing is, this is really a city where there's like the factories and then just next to it are the house of the workers. And I kind of had this idea, this thought that in a few months, I would be back to Canada, back to my original life of not studying, but kind of working. And I would probably have to work in a in a company like this, like not in a factory, but the things would be similar. I would have to go to work every single day. I'll have to come back home after that to like have a dinner, sleep, go back to work the next day and always the same routine. So I kind of told myself, is it really like what I want to do in the future? Being just able to go to work, come back home and doing the same cycle over and over again. And so that was kind of a moment where I thought about my options. So what I could do. And the the two options I have were either like find this boring job and work or kind of figure out trading, which I had been studying for like two years and a half. So I kind of decided to pick trading at this time. And I think this is a moment that Pretty much
0: changed the whole trading uh, kind of trading story for me. Wow! So that was your motivation. That's what really lit a yeah. fire into your butt. Mm-hmm. Smoothie, yeah. Excellent. Wow, very interesting. Yeah, I can relate to that. I, um, you know, I don't know if I've ever revealed this before, but uh, I've had um, more than just the inspiration of what could be. Uh, I actually was a garbage man for a while. So, um, yeah, not really a chick magnet when you're a garbage man. <laughs> and, um, then that was actually, I didn't mind that job. I actually liked that job, but then, um, I worked construction for a while and that's hard work, man. I'll tell you, people complain about work. Uh, that was the hardest job I ever had. And that one motivated me like, no, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. This is grueling. This mm-hmm. is really taking a toll on my body. So, very cool. Yeah. Good for you for not waiting as long as I did, and yeah. just seeing the potential, and yeah, making that decision.
1: What's not funny though is that when, I, like, as soon as I came back from this trip in uh, China and Hong Kong, I had this like mm-hmm. really boring internship, like the worst thing you could ever get. And that's really where mm-hmm. I like I had like kind of this motivation once again to put more effort to try to make trading work. And this this is where I started to surround myself with more traders, talk with more traders in general, and starting my podcast as well at that time.
0: Oh, I see. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, I just want to go back to something you said in passing there real quick. You caught my attention on it. And you said you started trading on an iPad and that that wasn't a good idea. Yeah. Why was that not a good idea?
1: Well, at that time, I think the idea was not too bad, but the idea was that I had no structure. So I didn't even have a trading plan next to me. I had like the thing with the iPad is that I was expecting to be able to go to like a coffee shop, spend the afternoon to trade and I would expect to make, to get get results or get money from that. So I didn't really have any structure. And I think the iPad is okay. If you want to monitor your trade or if you want to just look at something and you have your plan in mind, but when you have no plan and you just expect to like pick out your iPad or your smartphone and trade, I think that's where the problem is. Okay. Okay.
0: All right. I had to ask that because I know a lot of people who do, trade on their iPads. I don't know if they're successful or not, but um so I thought yeah, that caught my yeah. attention. So thank you for addressing that. Okay. Now let's get to a strange question. Ready for something kind of weird? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Why not? Got to throw some curveballs at you here. So tell me something that you know to be true in trading that you are absolutely committed to. Yes, this is true, but almost nobody else agrees with you on it. Hmm, that's an interesting one. Yeah. I think you'll have to
1: say day traders have it easier.
0: Oh, okay, explain.
1: Yeah, so there's a, something I realized over time because I've try, I've been trading both, day trading and swing trading. And there's this idea in trading that the only way to get better is to get feedback, right? Mm-hmm. So if you want to become better in trading, you have to get feedback. And the only way to get feedback is with the trades you take or the trade you skip. And... Mm-hmm if you want to get more trades you have to day trade so day trading you usually take more trades so there's this is concept in trading called the feedback loop which is the fact that like the faster you get feedback the faster you can improve and by day trading
0: you take more trades you're able to improve faster okay right i'm following you that makes sense and so are you saying that's not true because you're a swing trader right is that how you yeah, define yeah. yourself
1: yeah, yeah. I'm a swing trader, but I say day traders have it easier. And most people are going to say something like, "Well, swing trading is more reliable," or "swing trading, swing trading is easier." It's uh, like you follow the big money, or it's only technical. It's easier. But I say it doesn't really matter how the market moves and all these things. What really matters is how how, how like how much feedback you get and what you do with that feedback.
0: Ah, uh, yes, yes. So why do you choose to be a swing trader as opposed to a day trader? Well, so for me, as I told you i I, tra- I tried both in the
1: past, mm-hmm. and what I realized is that for me to day trade and do everything I'm doing right now, which means the podcast traveling doing some videos, I found it really really hard so I remember the time where I was traveling for the first time and trading, and I got in so that time I was trading both intraday and swing trading. I got in uh, Shanghai my first morning I woke up I didn't really know what I was doing or anything, but I started to trade and Like the first two weeks were okay, but sometimes I would get, so I would like wake up at seven o'clock in the morning. I would be trading until, well, starting to trade at like eight. And sometimes I would stop trading at like 12 PM. That would be like a long four or five hours. And for me to do that, plus being able to see around and travel, that was kind of too much. So for me, it's a question of time and kind of managing my time properly. And I figured out that I wouldn't be able to trade a few hours and
0: do everything I'm doing on the side. Okay, I get it. So it's more of a a lifestyle choice for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I know you love to travel. And so this fits with your love for travel and well, doing all those other projects that you talk about. You're a busy guy. You're doing a lot of stuff. Yeah, but I like it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's great because you're also contributing. All the different things you're doing, you're actually helping other people in the process. So, and, uh, yeah, I, I can agree with that. When I first started trading, well, not when I first started, but after I got into it for a while and I wanted to, like you said, get those feedback loops going, get a lot of experience, a lot of data. I was trading for 13 hours a day and I was day trading. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I made a similar decision after, you know, I'm glad I did it because yeah, I got a lot of experience under my belt, but I just thought, no, this is not the lifestyle that I want. This is, uh, (laughs) this is crazy. And so, um, yeah, when I do a day trade, I might only trade for two hours a day. So people assume, you know, Mm -hmm. that day traders trade all day long. And as I've talked to other day traders, the same thing, a lot of them will just trade the first hour of the market and that's it. They're done. And, you know, that's a pretty cool lifestyle too. So I think, um, your point is well taken. You can, there's all these different approaches to trading and find the one that fits your lifestyle and, um, just what you prefer to do because there's more to life than just trading. And you, exactly. you're yeah. a living example of that, especially with your, your traveling. Yeah. I love that. Now, I've got to ask you this because this is rather unique to you. You have a wonderful podcast, Desire to Trade Podcast, which I personally highly recommend. And so you're in this position of having interviewed a lot of traders. So as you have interviewed all these successful traders, do you see some common themes that have come up? Uh, that where they say, well, this is what's made me successful or these are the things that you should do. What what commonalities have you seen among all these professional traders that you've interviewed?
1: Well, yeah, so there are a lot of commonalities, a lot of things that are similar to all of them. But I think the first thing that's really important to mention is that all traders are different. And traders are often going to contradict themselves on different topics, on like taking profit, putting stop loss, whatever strategies. But behind all of this, I think... Strategies are always going to be very different, but the activities people do on the side of trading are really, really pretty much always the same. So things like journaling, things like, uh, things like getting in the right mindset, things like exercising, things like making sure that you're showing up top notch and that you control yourself, you control your emotions. Those are things that always come up and that always will be the same. And I think everybody has this kind of own path, but most traders, see trading as a place where they're gonna c- continually continue to uh, become better to improve. So it's not a, a process where people come into trading they become successful and they stop. It's a process where they come into trading they see some success but they still see things to work on and they still keep
0: getting better every single day. I hmm. said so that's the number one that's number one yeah that makes a lot of sense to me too because the famous uh, series Market Wizards, uh, Jack Schwager, mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting. At the end of the very first book, he interviews, well, in the book, he interviews all of these very successful traders. And then at the end, he asked that question. He says, okay, now that I've interviewed all these successful traders, what have I learned? What do they have in common? And his answer is very similar to yours. He said, you know, what they all had in common was not which indicators they use or the time frames or, you know, all these kind of things that a lot of beginning traders think is where the answer is. He said it had more to do with mindset. They're Mm-hmm. Psychological approach to trading, and it, well, just the things that you mentioned. So you came to the same conclusion he did, and uh, that just adds more credibility to you know both of you. And I would agree with that as well. The people that I have mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. encountered in my trading career. So um, now, of course, the big thing that everybody wants to know is how do I become a profitable trader? So let's just tap into your experience, and what would you say? was the pivotal point or the turning point, not just historically, but what had to change in you, your mindset, what turned you from being non-profitable into being profitable? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. So I told you for the first two years and a half of my trading, I had been trying to learn by myself. And this was like before I went to China and see these factories and everything. So for these first two years, I was trying to figure out everything on my own. I was reading books. I was reading blog posts, watching your videos, which were really good at that time also. But that's the point where I was trying to figure out everything myself. And I kind of got some mixed results. So yeah, some things were good. I bought some course, got some strategies. I was becoming a little bit better, but... When I came back from this trip in China and Hong Kong, I started to surround myself with traders. So one of the things I had noticed when I was in uh, Hong Kong was the fact that there was a new meetup in Montreal. And you know the, the, the website meetup. Yes. So it's kind of groups that meet every month or whatever. They meet right. on different topics. Mm-hmm. And I saw this one group of trading called the Montreal Traders Meetup. And so when I came back from my trip in China, China I decided to go to that meetup for like just to see what it was about and see what, like if I would be sold something or like whatever. And I just went to see this. And those are really real traders that meet every month and they try to talk, they interact, they share ideas. That meetup had been going on for maybe a year at that time. And seriously, in like one evening, I learned a lot more than two years trying to, to learn everything myself. And so that's where I kind of understood that the best way for me to learn faster and to learn better would be to surround myself with traders and to talk with other traders. Not to to learn the strategies and how they do things, but to learn how they think and how they react to things. And like what they would do when they have a losing trade, what they would do when they lose track of, of something, or what do they do when they have a bad time. And that's pretty much everything that changed for me. So at that time, I understood this principle that I would have to surround myself with more traders And I decided to start my podcast not long after that Hmm. to try to interact with more traders, try to get their ideas and see how they do things. And I think that's the point that changed everything for me. And since then, I kept doing the same thing. So meeting these traders every month, uh, interviewing traders every week, and just finding myself with more traders to try to learn every single day
0: and try to become better and better and better over time. Right. Very smart. Yes, I agree with that too. You, you, I've, um, I find that a lot of people, they want to just learn everything for free on the internet with all the free resources. And, you know, it's not a bad place to start. In fact, it's a good place to just Mm -hmm. learn the terminology and the basics. But I, um, I had the same experience. So I started out with, well, I had an advantage. My dad was a stock trader. So I learned a lot from him. But then, you know, as time went on, um, what he did didn't work because the markets changed so much. And, you know, when he taught me, we didn't even have computers. So by the time I became an adult and uh, everything was different. So anyway, yeah. I read the books and was okay. I took some courses. That was cool. Um, and then I joined a trading club as well. And it was in Orange County, California. And man, just like you say, all of a sudden, a whole new world opened up to me. And then I oh, yeah. also hired some personal mentors to work with me one-on-one, even moved in with one of them for a little while. So- Yep. I, uh, go ahead. you had something else to say?
1: Yeah, well, that's a very good point you mentioned. So the fact that you cannot learn everything for free necessarily. I think you can learn everything you need in trading for free. I think you can become a profitable trader for free. But I will say that all the money invested in like coach and like having a personal coach helping me with my trading and a trading coach, I got all that money back from trading afterward. Mm. So yes, you can do it for free. But it's much more easy and much less painful when you do it with a coach. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get your money
0: back anyway. I think if you have a good coach, there's no problem with that. Right. And from my experience, it, <laughs> free is not free. Because if you try to learn everything for free, yeah, you might eventually get there. But how much money are you going to lose in the process where you could yeah. short, shorten that learning curve? right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So good point. I like it. Well, let's finish up here with three real quick questions and then actually, and then we'll invite people to um, get in contact with you and you can tell us the best way for them to get in contact with you. So here are the last three quickies. Number one, what are, what's one of your favorite quotes about trading? Or if you want to give more than one, you can, but just give us one real uh, great quote that you like about trading. Okay. So it's a
1: quote from my podcast, one of my guests, and that kind of stuck with me since that time. Uh, his name, I think is Mike Tidashi. He says, if you treat trading like a hobby, it's going to pay like a hobby. And
0: that's pretty yeah. much true of, of anything course. in life, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of trading, mass trading mastery is pretty much the same mm-hmm. as mastery in anything else in life. So yeah, I love it. Good one. What about books? Well, I have
1: a couple of books about trading, but I also have some non-trading books. So if you don't mind, I'll give you maybe two. So one trading, one non-trading. Absolutely. And the one trading related is the Daily Trading Coach. Uh, it's 101 lesson to Becoming Your Own Trading Psychologist by Bretstein Barger. Really awesome book, really complete. Like there's pretty much anything you need to know about psychology in that book. And I've been reading it or listening to the audiobook. I think four times now. And I always get something new because it's so big and so large. Hmm. And the non-trading book I would have to recommend is, uh this is a book I was suggested to read really early when I started my podcast from uh, one of my guests. It's called Psychocybernetics. Did you read that book?
0: Yes, I've read that.
1: Okay. So th- this is really awesome. And this changed completely my whole life since that time. So it's about this principle of self-image and how your self-image pretty much drives everything you do and everything that happened to you. And so if you can just learn to change your self-image, even as a trader, like, Losing traders see themselves as losing traders. And the more, you see yourself, the more you see yourself as a losing trader, the tougher it is for you to break this barrier and to come up with the, the right action and all, all these things in trading. So changing your self-image and learning how to do it is really powerful. I think it could be applied to anything in
0: life. And this is the book that changed most of my life, I would say. Mm, excellent. I like that. And finally... Trading resources, what are some of your favorite trading resources with regard to software, websites, any type of tools that you would recommend?
1: I'd have to use TradingView. So pretty much all my charts that I look at these days are all on Mm TradingView. And now I can place my trades trade on TradingView, which is really useful. So I don't have to have any platform, any old style uh, MetaTrader or anything. So I just place everything on TradingView and just go from there. And the other thing I really like is I'm I'm kind of a visual person. So what I like to do is, I so I like to take screenshots of my trades and I put them on a site called Trello. So Trello is kind of a free website where you can create sort of a task management board and you can put some images and stuff. So I put my trades all there and I have this kind of nice visual for my, uh, my trades and my journal when I want to look back at it, see what trades I didn't do well and what trades I can, uh, like what trades were right and how I can improve for my next trades.
0: Wow, that's very interesting. I've used Trello in conjunction with other people I'm doing projects with to coordinate projects, but Mm -hmm. it never occurred to me to actually use it for trading in the way you described. Oh, yeah. So I use that for for anything, for my
1: journal and trading, for my backtesting sometimes when I do manual Mm backtesting, and it really works well because I like to have this kind of visual board in front of me and see, like, in a glance, what are my good trades, my bad
0: trades, and the winning and losing trades. Excellent. Wow. Great insight. Never thought of that. See? That's why I like talking to you. I always learn something new. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, my friend. Well, let's finish up here and just share with our audience how they can reach you, how they can get in contact with you, what you have to offer them, and then we'll close things out.
1: Well, pretty much, in in short, this autotrade.com is everything where everything is, so my blog, my my videos, everything is there. And I try to do a lot of YouTube videos these days, so a lot of podcasts, so everything is on the website anyway. And maybe one resource I would like to share with your listeners is that for a very long time, I tried to create my trading plan and that took me like pretty much two years and a half. And this first trading plan I created was like a big 30-page plan that I couldn't follow after that. And I came up with this kind of template for having a one-page trading plan. So I like the simplicity. And I like to simplify things as much as possible. So I created this like template where I put all like my training plan on it. There's like the risk part, the implementation part, the training strategy part. And that's kind of an easy reminder, an easy like thing you can put on your desk and read like easily. So I would like to give it to your listeners. It's totally free. And if you, if you listeners want to grab it, we can create a link and I'll uh, send you the link you can put it in the show notes. And, uh,
0: I think it's going to be a great resource for them to uh, check out and print and use. Well, that's very generous of you. Thank you. We will definitely put that link and the link to your um, podcast and your YouTube videos and everything in the show notes. So uh, yeah, I encourage everyone to go there and get that and get that trading plan. That sounds fantastic, especially being so concise, taking it yeah. down from being huge to one piece of paper. It's just one piece of paper. Yeah, exactly. Wow. That's impressive. I love it. I can't wait to look at it myself. So I'm going to go download that right now. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you, my friend. This has been wonderful. You've shared a lot of wisdom with us. And uh, hey, I encourage everyone to go check out Etienne's site. Uh, listen to the podcasts over there. The podcasts are also on YouTube, which is a great idea, by the way. I uh, hadn't thought of doing that, so I think I'll do that too. And it gives you more exposure. But uh, this is a man who has a lot of wisdom and he can teach you a lot. So check him out and get access to all these wonderful things that he's offering. So at the end, thank you again very much for your time. And we appreciate you, my friend, and all that you're contributing to the trading community. It's been a pleasure, Barry. I appreciate it. You've been listening to the Online Trading to Win podcast with Barry Burns. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher and leave a great review. For more information about our free indicators and courses, visit OnlineTradingToWin.com. Neither Online Trading to Win, Top Dog Trading, nor Barry Burns are registered as securities broker-dealers or investment advisors, either with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission or with any state securities regulatory authority, and are not licensed to provide investment advice. Trading and investing involve substantial risk. Financial loss even above the amount invested is possible and common. We do not imply, predict, or guarantee that you will be successful in earning any money whatsoever. Past results of any individual trader are not indicative of future returns by that trader and are not indicative of future returns which may be realized by you. We do not assume responsibility or liability for your trading and investment results. This is provided for informational and educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment advice.